Hello, I'm Zach Steitham, and this is the Finance Pod. All right, it's been a while. Let's see if I can remember how to do this. <laughs> Hi, this is Stacy Case. And I'm Joe Daly. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Joe, that's not how you do it. No. Nope, let's start over. I don't, I don't like that feeling. <laughs> that did not make me feel good either. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to give, I'll bring a little more energy myself and you, you yeah. dial it down a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hi, this is Stacey Case. And I'm Joseph Daly. <laughs> and this is FinOps Pod. FinOps Pod! <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Joe. Yes. I feel like it's I feel like it's been a minute, mm-hmm. but that's because I think it's just the end of the year and I have no concept of time at this point. So maybe it hasn't been a minute. But I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and talking Yes, and yes. Having a, another conversation on the pod. Mm-hmm. Who do we have this week? I I know. I, I By the way, I just said that like I don't know. And also, if you're listening to this, like you didn't just read on your podcast who it is. But let's pretend in an imaginary world. Well, that's what they call in the industry a setup question. Oh. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I haven't done enough research on the industry. But I imagine that is what they would refer to as a setup question. Oh. And it's a good one because, Stacy, this episode of the FinOps Pod has... Zachary Statham from the award-winning Fidelity team talking about KPIs with the foundation's own Ashley Romatko. Wow. Wait, they're talking about KPIs? Key performance indicators. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. That's really cool because one of the things I think that we get a lot of questions on within the foundation, and even last night, not that the listeners know this, but we did just have a community meeting call with APAC region, which was great. But we constantly are being asked and community members want to know about KPIs, what they should be using. So I'm pretty sure that Zach is about ready to make a whole bunch of people happy with this conversation. Absolutely. Honestly, when we were started recording it, I was like, oh, good, a podcast on KPIs. But <laughs> Zach and Ashley really investigate. Ashley did a tremendous job with this interview, just really investigating how did Fidelity come up with a KPI and what was the maturation process? Because it's not like you just say, we're going to measure this and all of a sudden we're awesome at it and everyone accepts it. It was a really great job of how did they mature it? How did they introduce it? What sort of cultural results came from the Mm. KPI? What sort of unintended consequences came there? Well, and I think it's great too, because I think sometimes when people ask what KPIs, it's not the right question, but it's what KPIs and then all the other things that you just talked about with Mm -hmm. Zach. So diving into that a little bit more, because again, we talk about this all the time. FinOps is a culture. It's not just this one thing that we have to do. Here's a KPI, check it off. Now we've done FinOps. There's a lot more depth to it. And Zach and Ashley do a great job. Now we've heard from Zach before too, right? Zach and our own Mr. Noel Crowley, who is also at Fidelity and I think works for Zach. Both of them presented at FinOpsX in 2022 this last year, didn't they? Absolutely, and I'm gonna include the link of their presentation also on KPIs in the show notes for anyone who missed it. It was a fantastic presentation that took place in Ballroom B. Uh, 
man. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. The Ballroom B Wolf Pack had that presentation. And yeah, Fidelity had a large presence at FinOpsX in 2022. So basically, Zach is coming back for his encore performance here because it was so highly regarded there. So it's funny, we're talking about X and Zach and Noel presenting last year at X because we did just announce FinOps X for 2023, which is going to be in Mm -hmm. San Diego. Where can folks go to learn more about that? If you are interested in FinOps X 2023 in San Diego, go to x.finops.org and go check it out. It is going to be amazing. I think it was so special. I was not anticipating the amount of energy that was at the conference last year. I know. It's so exciting. First of all, I'd be remiss if we didn't add the dates of June 27th through 30th in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But one of the coolest things, and I know you and I have talked about X already this year, and we've had a whole podcast on that. But you're with a community of people who do what you do. And one of my favorite quotes out of X this past year was, I don't have to explain to anybody what my job is or what I do. And we had just over 400 people last year and we're targeting a thousand this year. That means a thousand people that do what you do. So Mm, super exciting. A thousand people who understand you. And let's not forget, we'll end X with a magnificent party on an aircraft carrier, which apparently we have commandeered, rented out, acquired i don't know the whole entire yeah, aircraft carrier for a sunset party so sunset in san diego folks like that's insane it's so beautiful so beautiful on an aircraft carrier on you an aircraft carrier running around with my arms spread out like an airplane joke tell me are you gonna dress up in a flight suit for that i mean you know san diego is the land of top gun movies i would love I will, to see you in a flight suit <laughs> i'm gonna have my aviator sunglasses and I'm going to just be flashing smiles and, <laughs> you know, playing volleyball. I'm going to be doing all that. I don't know what character you'll be, but you'll be a character. Hard stop. Probably Goose. Goose. Oh, he ties. <laughs> anyway, SpinOps X next year, 2023, mm. San Diego, June 27th to 30th. Hopefully we'll see everybody there. Hopefully we can get Zach, Noel, or some other folks from Fidelity to do some amazing conversations again. Mm-hmm. If not, hopefully they'll just be there so everybody that listens to this podcast can come and say hi and ask them all of their KPI questions in person. Awesome. Okay, well, so let's get to it, right? Let's listen to Zach and Ashley. Let's yes. get to Zach and Ashley. Don't we usually say enjoy FinOps Pod or something? Enjoy this episode of FinOps Pod. FinOps Pod. <laughs> Here we go. All done. Hey, Zach. It's good to see you. The first time I remember meeting you was at CloudyCon. It was like, what? It was back in 2019. And... I was so impressed because you guys had won an award at that point. I think it was called the Leadership and Cloud Operation Award. I wasn't that impressed by the award, but I was impressed by the size of your team and everything that you all were doing. And it seemed like you had a really well-oiled team and you were really making this big shift in culture there. I got this quote that you had said, you said, cloud cost management isn't just a strategy. It has to be enabling a culture change. And I love that so much. And you and I have talked before about your hub and spoke model at Fidelity. And I said, you have to have a really good culture to pull that off. You've been at Fidelity for 25 plus years. Tell us a little about that journey and what culture means to you there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's always been a unique place to I'll call it grow up in and been fortunate enough to be surrounded by a whole bunch of people, especially with the same passion. And I think it resonates too with our FedOps practice here at Fidelity. I've known most of the people on our FedOps team prior to joining, even though they come from different backgrounds, what's great is that same passion around getting the value out of every dollar that we spend into the cloud. And they're really trying to push that down through their organization. So, you know, they're kind of a, a forcing function here at our enterprise and just trying to get that message across to the whole development community. I love that. And you said also when you're at FinOpsX, you know, we will utilize our organization as in your centralized FinOps organization to change the culture. How do you feel like you've been doing since 2019? I think it's the hardest part of FinOps. And I think even though that you pushing and striving to get there, it feels like times like it's the never ending battle. I lean back to the, the people that are in our practice that, you know, we use them as the, I'll call it the multiplier effect. And they certainly do a great job, but when you're talking 15,000 plus technologists at Fidelity, reaching out to them all seems like a daunting task, even though I feel like we're chipping away and doing a fairly good job, there's still a lot of work to be done. Do you feel like bringing in KPIs, measuring things has helped since you are a large enterprise at scale, many, many engineers, is that been key for you? I think the KPIs have been incredibly helpful. I think that started off to, I'd say, push our team to think about what we could do from the center or from the spoken hunt model first, and then use it to our advantage to try to, I'd say, tailor it more to get visibility and make it actionable out at the developer. So if you remember the talk that we had done before around our KPIs, and you know, a lot of things that we measured ourselves on in the first year were around purchasing strategy. So it was the, how are we doing from an overall discount percentage? How are we doing from a reserved instance or savings plan coverage perspective? Savings plans actually didn't exist at the time, but reservation coverage. And then how are we doing from like spot usage? And most of those we could execute from the center. And we had one business unit leading the effort from the spot. So again, we had that, that first year of the KPIs. And then I would say we tried to tailor what we use the index metric for, meaning for each of these categories, we try to weight them differently. So I would say take more off the hub and put more into the spoke or put more into the development community to make it more actionable and push them from a visibility perspective on how can they help to, I would say, meet or exceed the KPI. So it's been one way to use those KPIs to help, I would say, push the enterprise ahead. So break this down a little bit. So you originally, the first couple of years, you had KPIs that you felt were things that your centralized team could drive. And then you've started to develop more KPIs that really are, you know, the edge needs to be driving those KPIs. And you've started to shift the weight. So first couple of years, very heavy. We're accountable for these things. We'll track these KPIs. And over time, you've now said the things at the edge are going to weigh more and, and and putting pressure there. But you kind of did the work yourself first, right? Held yourself accountable first. And so now you've done that. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Like what has driven you to have this kind of weighted system? Yeah, we wanted them to be, I would say, achievable. So if you take those first years where we were the ones executing, and even when you think about spot usage needing to come from the business unit technologist, we had a small waiting on them to go like, I don't know if this is achievable, yes or no, but we're going to put a target out there to see if we can hit it going. We'd love for 10% of our environment to be utilizing spot. And again, almost felt like a stretch goal. So it's one of those going, we're going to do the purchase strategies. We're going to think about our reservation coverage. I know we can execute on that. We know we can get the discounts if we do those correctly. And the stretch goal piece was 10% of the mark. And then as we started to migrate, thinking in those future years going, well, purchasing strategies, we'll roll that all up into a single, are we getting the best discount metric? And then we'll start to push on the, I would say on the development community to go, can you get rid of your waste and can you use the resources more efficiently? And again, 
those first years, we weighted the purchasing effectiveness really high and thought of those other areas for, you know, our unutilized assets and our under, underutilized assets as more of the stretch goal. And as the years go on, they become much more than stretch goals. They become the norm. And then as we weight them more heavily, and I would say take the dependency on the center to execute on a reservation or savings plan or a specific discount, it truly leaves it back on the development community to make that TPI. So again, as those are visible, and we've got great buy-in here at Fidelity from our CIO community, each of them having that on their scorecard for performance for the year, it ends up really, I would say, adding some light to putting that back in, on the developer to see what they can do to, to help push in the right direction. Yeah, I like that too. And you've talked about this before too. I think some people come to you know us and are asking like, what's that one KPI to measure? What's that one you know holy grail thing that I should be measuring? But it doesn't feel like there's one thing. It's it's many KPIs and there's an evolution of those KPIs. Yeah, it's, there's definitely no saving grace or no single one. Even the ones that we've had in the past, you look back to see going, it was good at the time and it was a great, I would say, starting point. But as the evolution takes place, it becomes a it's a nice to know. It's a nice to have, but I don't think it's necessarily going to drive us be more actionable than we could or should be. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit too about like KPIs as opposed to metrics. It seems like we're trying to dive into 50 million other different metrics that might help push us in a different direction. And the KPIs are awesome because they're, I would say, truly measuring how we're doing from a performance perspective on our, our objectives and our goals but not necessarily getting down to the, what's the next actionable thing that I might need to know? Or what's that next metric that might key me into going to looks under some other rock for some sort of value or cost savings that I might be able to dig into. So I think we're always looking to figure out what those next set of metrics are that, you know, can we trend them? Can we look at them? How easily can we get to them? And how can we make them more transparent to the development community as well to see if it triggers any actions on their part? That's so interesting. So you just described two things. You have your KPIs. Those are exactly what your leadership is behind, but then you're also digging into metrics and trends. And hopefully you can move those metrics in a positive way that then therefore impacts your KPI in a positive way as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I like that a lot. Do you feel like KPIs are hiding anything? I don't think they're hiding anything. I think sometimes I've seen them in the past, not necessarily in our space where they can try to create the wrong behavior. But I think it's more of a, back to what we were talking about. They're not the end all be all. They're only, you know, one piece of the whole entire story. Again, it's the end result and not the beginning action sometimes. How do you, I would say, partner or pair those with additional things that we do here, like the education aspect, their FinOps forums, being part of the community. You know, how do you increase the education and the knowledge around not just developing feature functionality, but making sure that it's efficient use of the resources as well, because, you know, in most cases, that's not where the developer was focused on. They were more focused on, you know, they've got a product to get to market. They're focused on meeting business needs as opposed to meeting cost efficiency needs where it was someone else's job prior. And now it's just ho hopefully at some point, just part of their day job too. Yeah, I love that too. The KPI is only as good as a conversation around the KPI, right? And the conversation that follows the trigger of the KPI. That's so good. So your FinOps talk was amazing. So if anybody hasn't checked it out, go watch it. It's on the FinOps YouTube channel. I want you to break down a little bit the process that it took you to get agreement on these KPIs. For me, that was something I always struggled on. I wanted to measure this, but it was getting this many dev teams, this many engineering teams, this many CTOs to rally behind it. What was that process like for you to get those first couple KPIs? 
Yeah, I've got to give a lot of props to our enterprise practice team because we end up having a lot of conversations around the where we want to really drive and where we really want to focus in on from a performance year perspective. So we end up having lots of conversations there to figure out where should we target. And again, having those conversations about the weightings too. But once we get to where we feel like is a good recommendation spot, this is where we end up taking those KPIs to our CIO council, I would say to gain agreement from the top. What's great about our practice is we've already got buy-in from the top as, as far as supporting the FinOps practice itself. And now it's just around the, are these the right KPIs and metrics to keep pushing their businesses along to make sure they're doing it? So it's the, again, team aspect from uh, trying to determine what we're going to go after with the recommendation. And then it's the agreement at the top. And these are metrics that end up being discussed at CIO councils across FinOps forums. So again, trying to make them just visible all the way up to the top senior leadership here at Fidelity. There's definitely great awareness that goes around with them too. You're right now getting ready to go into a new year. Are you all having those conversations around KPIs and what's going to be the weight percentage and which business units you're going to target this next year? Yeah, we just got through it. You know, what's interesting too is the when we went down the KPI route, we used to do it as, you know, the, the theme aspect of it. If we, we succeed as an enterprise, we all succeed. And I think what's been great is to be able to get down to granularity from a federated perspective on business unit by business unit to truly see who can push and where to push. In some cases, we may have a single business unit that happens to be a vast majority of spend or where the opportunity is. And that's always great as a, you know, where to target. But on the flip side, everybody contributes to it. So it's the, I kind of want to have what I'll say is like my own score too, as opposed to the enterprise. So getting to a next level of granularity and even down from the business unit, if we could get down to the squad level or team level, I think that would be great from the next evolution. But yeah, we've done our planning as far as the weightings go. And again, we talked about it earlier, going to try to wait more back to the developer from a underutilized perspective or utilization perspective to drive their consumption of compute to the highest efficiency that we can and just trying to put a stake in the ground from a, we would like the teams to be in target too, so that as they're implementing or using these resources, they're doing it efficiently. One thing I ran into sometimes is we'd give a KPI and then we'd have the I'm special effect, right? Well, that KPI doesn't work for me. My app's a little bit different. You know, I can't scale things down on the weekend Then you're measuring that. So have you ran into those occasions where you've got the outliers and how do you address those conversations? I think that's where they come back to the enterprise practice. So again, you take a, you talk about the spokes coming back to when we get to learn along that journey as far as the you know, I hit an application or I hit a scenario that doesn't feel like it's the norm and may feel like it's that special snowflake type of thing. But that's what's great about the practices, bringing that conversation back, having it figuring out, do we need to make a tweak? Do we need to make an adjustment? Or is it just something we need to account for in the future? But those are the great conversations that have, you know, that we have in the practice. So it's the, at this point, I think we know what we learned at most recently was more around the you know, we were expecting or hoping to get a certain discount level across the firm. We utilize reservations, I'm sure, like most enterprises do. What the difference is, is when I talk about that business unit by business unit score is we weren't previously, I would say, accounting for their mix of usage within different services. So if I'm going to execute on a three-year savings plan, you could probably estimate that we're going to get a 50% discount. If I'm a higher user of RDS or EBS or something that carries a different discount, I might not be able to get to what we'd have set for the threshold for the enterprise. 
So now it's about calculating a different mix to make it an achievable metric for their particular business, as opposed to just the one size fits all. So not necessarily the snowflake effect, but more of the, I got to make it purpose fit for the business on how they're consuming resources for their business to give them the right target to go after. I love that. And you wouldn't even be able to even know that unless you had these metrics to start with to then therefore have those conversations and then cycle back through this of making those changes that need to be done. And that's where it is when we're looking to break down these are how are we going to be successful as a team getting to the metric where I mentioned earlier when like you may have one business unit that's consuming more of the resources we have. You may have one business unit that's consuming more RDS than another business unit, one that's consuming more EC2 or open search or, or what have you from a reservable service perspective. But, you know, it's just getting that understanding and making it applicable to the businesses. What's so interesting too with you being centralized is let's say you have a business unit that's really, really efficient at a spot and you can find another business unit that's not using it at all. You are able to leverage that macro view that you see and make those connections between those teams, probably to say, well, this is really good practice happening here. Let's connect you with you folks, which they would have seen otherwise, I think, if you weren't sitting there at a central hub perspective. Yeah. I mean, the spot one's a great example. I always talked earlier just about that first year when we went in with a, a single business unit that was carrying the load. And what's great about it is like that business unit certainly able to contribute whatever that pattern is for how they're consuming spot and the special things that they're doing to help drive their usage in an upward direction and, and get the best cost that they can get out of that. So it ends up coming back to that sharing of those best practices and seeing one business unit on their journey happens to be able to hit that target, achieve that target, exceed that target, and then be able to share back maybe prior to another business unit who isn't as far along on their journey. So again, getting the best of both worlds. Have you seen a case where KPIs have helped uncover operational changes? And we talked about the spot one, but for instance, where you're able to see something centrally, like a lot of moving to serverless or a lot of this thing seems to be happening, like architecting changes. And because you have those KPIs and everyone's trying to measure to those KPIs, it's brought across some operational changes as well. We had one in one of our teams with the Kubernetes environment where it's, you know, size that they're using, they go to make it a change and from a performance perspective, everything's working out great. And then all of a sudden you see the KPI metric dip. And then it comes back to now we're having discussions around, you know, let's go look from a right side perspective. And again, just the fact that we're having those conversations now when we're making changes as far as the cost aspect is when we talk about the culture before and trying to push that. Like that's probably the biggest win that I've seen as far as it's being accounted for when we're making the changes. And certainly the, if you were making the KPI yesterday and now today you're not, and they are actually aware, like fantastic. We're doing our job as a team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So everything you talk about KPI, you're giving these teams a lot of visibility. I would imagine that you're pulling the data and putting it into separate reporting. What does that process look like for you getting that data? What is the frequency? What does the output look like? Who's the people that are checking those dashboards? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we have a third-party tool that we utilize to get visibility to the billing files from both our cloud service providers. We also pump data into the data lake as well. So even if you got a third-party tool, we talk about our data-driven dashboards that we're pulling the right data, making our calculations, making it visible, bringing in additional data points. So when we talk about the senior leader or hierarchy from a business unit perspective or down to the teams, just getting to that level of granularity that we might need to do outside of the tool. And again, from our KPI perspective, it's updated on a daily basis. The environment changes so frequently that you just want to stay on top of it. You want to see the trends. You want to see when you take a dip. 
no different from an anomaly detection alert. The same as how we feel about it from a KPI perspective of a, just making sure that, you know, you've got eyes on it at the right level at the right time. And so you're bringing in the billing data, but it sounds like you're pulling some data from other sources. What does that look like? Is that tagging? Is that associating with business unit? What is the other data you pull in? All of the above. So any data from the application perspective, I would say organizational hierarchy structure. You could take in, like I mentioned, any of the additional calculations that we're doing to create some of these. So we talked about the weighting. There's some math that needs to take place. You know, the tools from a third-party perspective are great, but I would say, at least for us, most of the time, the people that are consuming them our FinOps practitioners, like ourselves, I'd love to say every developer is sitting in one of those tools, but they're probably not. So how do I make the data as consumable and actionable as possible to at least alert them to go look at something? It seems like it might be a little bit overwhelming at times to go, I don't quite know what I'm looking for, you know, as opposed to the, I'm going to point you to where to look. And then we could talk about trying to uh, take deep dive into the additional data. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Going back to personas, have you had to develop any type of thing for each persona? So when they go in, they're only seeing their KPIs or are you guys pretty transparent as an organization? Yeah, I think we have different levels from our dashboarding perspective. You know, there's the ones that you would show to senior leadership as far as the how we're doing from a high level KPI perspective down to what I would consider more of the power user perspective. So if I mentioned purchasing strategy and we're talking about what's the discount that we're getting across all reservable services, if you actually drill into where of the power user type dashboard, you'll see the service by service, what are your usage, how many hours, what are your ISF hours, what's your coverage rate, what's your discount you're receiving. So that at least from that power user perspective, you get down into a different level of detail as opposed to the senior management where it's the, are we meeting or exceeding our goals as opposed to the, why are we, or why are we not? So couple different levels. And then some of the progress that we've seen, like I mentioned earlier, was if I can get down to that next level and try to get some sort of assignment or score, you know, you love the competition that'll take place within teams to go, I want to be number one on the leaderboard, as opposed to the, it's not necessarily a wall of shame. It's, it's going to truly be a, you know, a wall of fame for us. I like the internal competition that we've at least driven in our business unit to try to push teams to strive to exceed those KPI metrics. I love that. I was just going to ask you if you did gamification. So it sounds like just inherently competition is driving that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we utilize the gamification aspect and more from a learning perspective, as opposed to the driving to get the KPI results. It's more of the, I want to try to educate as much as possible. We're enterprise team did a fantastic job this year with vacation, where we truly had 1200 plus users playing the game over a four week period. Amazing. So where do you hope to be a year from now with your KPIs? What's your aspirations? I don't think we're ever done. I, I, you know, and I said that in a positive light, we mentioned the metrics thing before. It's the trying to figure out what's next. It's when we think about the, you know, I'm going to follow the dollar and you know, where are we making most of our spend or where we have the opportunity to gain more efficiencies. More metrics keep popping up to investigate and do analytics around. So it's the I'm always trying to figure out what that next thing is. I don't think we ever drop a KPI. It's more of a KPI maybe turn into another metric. And it seems like we're adding to the list, which is fantastic. There's just a lot of moving parts and opportunities, but it's, again, I think it's looking for that next thing. And the more that we can keep pushing that drives that culture of accountability, the better off we'll be. So how do I bring to light actionable metrics or actionable KPIs for the development community to, to utilize? 
Yeah, it's interesting too, because talk a lot in fitness about muscle memory. You know, you, you do forecasting once, it's really hard. The next year it gets a little bit better. You get more agile, you get done more quickly. And eventually you get to the point where it's like, okay, I've got this. And that's probably the same thing with KPIs and your organization or engineers. Like they know what KPIs, they know what they're being measured. They know what levers to pull to move those KPIs. And it just becomes another function of their role. Initially, this may have been a new term to introduce to them four or five years in. It's just another part of their role and responsibility. The muscle memory is a key thing too, because it's new in a lot of cases. So even some of the things that we're pushing that you could use some automation to go and do, there's some sort of at times hesitancy to go, I'm afraid to go full force before we truly test it out and see and, and get a comfort level to the point. Then they're like, okay, make it an official policy and go just turn it on everywhere. And we're going to go make that part of our daily practice. So it's one more thing that the developer doesn't have to do because we've created some sort of comfort level with the execution aspect, knowing that our automation works and we're doing the right thing and going by our, our mantra of, you know, do no harm, especially to production along the way to getting the cost benefit. Yeah. Has the KPIs helped you build some automation? Yeah. When we started out, a lot of the things, especially in the unutilized aspect from a cleanup hygiene, they were grassroots of a going to account owner by account owner and trying to gain buy-in to go earn some of this automation on. In a lot of cases, it's a little bit of that fear factor of the unknown. And once you make some headways and get that comfort level, then it becomes a, okay, we're going to go back to the CIO community and go, I want to make this policy. Give me the thumbs up across the firm and go and yeah, flip that switch. And it's one more thing we don't have to think about. It's just going to be automated going forward and to let them focus on what that next thing is from either utilization perspective or what have you. We love that. Okay. One last piece of advice to the audience here. Where should they start with KPIs? Just pick something. You're on a journey. There's an evolution that's going to need to take place. There's maturity within your organization, as well as what KPIs you're looking to measure. You know, just start with something and see where it takes you. There's going to be something new that's going to come down the line. There's going to be some lessons that you're going to learn along the way. But I would just say putting some sort of stake in the ground and trying to measure yourself against that is going to be beneficial. We learned a lot over the last four years along our journey. Again, we talked about the weighting system. We talked about focusing on purchasing effectiveness versus underutilized assets. And there's probably a whole lot more, but it's just a, it's a maturity curve that it was, uh, okay, this feels right for where we are in our journey along the way. And we'll see how it goes from measuring our success. So no silver bullet, no magic one KPI, but just at least figuring out, you know, let's just say one thing to, to focus on and see if you can push and drive that culture of accountability throughout your organization. All right, FinOptonauts, KPIs. It's not so much what you're measuring, but how you're measuring and how you're driving accountability and culture with them. So many folks ask, what things should I measure? I think the lesson here, and also the lesson from the Tony Johnson unit economics episode we did a month or so ago, is really not so much about the thing you are measuring, but how you do it and what you do with it. Make sure you iterate and grow as you learn and and get better at things. Pretty good lessons in this one. So thank you, Zach Statham and the Fidelity team, fantastic partners in this community. Also, big thank you to Ashley Romatko, doing a great job on this interview, really digging into the topic. As always, thank you to Stacey Case for bringing the energy with me at the beginning. It's always fun, it always feels like we've never done it before. If you want more KPIs with Zach and with Noel Crowley, in the show notes, there'll be a link 
to their presentation that they gave at FinOps X. You can check that out on our YouTube site along with every other recorded breakout session from FinOps X 2022. We talked about FinOps X 2023 coming up next year in San Diego. Cannot wait for that. Very excited. Until then, check out everything from last year and get excited for next year. Get pumped, get excited. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you soon somewhere out there. That's it for this episode of BitOps Pod.